do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical LibroCube List. This show is like a journey uh, into my brain. Uh, a journey, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What's that movie, uh, Incredible Journey? What's the one where they go inside someone's body? But instead of uh, physically going inside, no, you are metaphorically traveling the paths, the synapses. Or synapsi, because it's plural? Hmm, that's a question that my synapses are just asking. Or are my synapsi asking? Or maybe it's just one of them, because it's not a very good question. So I don't need many of them. Wow, quickly, quickly off the rails, as happens from time to time. Time, speaking of... Oh, God. Uh, yeah, uh, this is a, a classic example which will happen from time to time, oh, yeah, there it is again, of where a professional would likely uh, erase everything <laughs> that had happened so far. And I don't mean just the recording, I mean all of existence, because if it has led to this point, that's, you know, get rid of it. It's, it's obviously not working. Uh, and start over. But no, that's what uh, I am not going to do. That's what I am not going to do. <laughs> Oh my god, I just see we're at two minutes and I haven't said anything. Okay, listen, we fucked up. I'm going to push a button and it'll start us into the podcast proper where I will talk of things in a series of five five-minute segments because that's what this podcast is. It's not this rambling whatever's going on right here part, no, although that can be fun. Right now, it's tedious and I beg your forgiveness. Wait, let me get on my knees. Uh, to be honest with you, I <laughs> when I said that, I started like clicking things in the hopes that it would sound like someone getting on their knees. And one of the things I clicked was a button that stopped the recording for a second. Uh, so, I don't know, maybe you heard that, maybe you didn't, but... Uh, <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to review some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is the use of the phrase ear holes. <laughs> Alright, uh, movie the first is a documentary, Talking Docs with You. Oh, that actually is a segue because Talking Docs with You is the name of a song when uh, they talk about pod uh, when they talk about documentaries on the podcast Never Not Funny. And this documentary is about podcasting, and one of the people who appears on it is the host of Never Not Funny, Jimmy Pardo, so it's all connected. See, I think I made up for my initial 
flubs and errors by uh, uh, connecting all that together. So you are welcome. Uh, yeah, uh, this is a, quite simply a, a podcast about a documentary. Or <laughs> a podcast about documentaries. No, strike that, reverse it. As I do believe, did Willy Wonka say that a lot of the time? Strike that, reverse it. I think he might have, but we're not here to talk about Willy Wonka. We're here to talk about Earbuds, the podcasting documentary. Uh, yeah, uh, starring Graham Elwood, I guess he is the person behind it, the creator. Uh, he was the one sort of going around doing the interviews. And uh, I got to say, very, very, very much like this. Uh, I laughed maybe cried a little bit even it elicited emotions for sure uh if you are a lover of podcasts to the degree i am first of all you're insane come on pull it together secondly uh you will love this uh it, it's it's a documentary done well which to me means if you don't like podcasting you could still watch it and get enjoyment but if you do it's going to sort of take it to another level for you, which is why for me, it is easy for me to give this a five out of five. Very, very much enjoyed it. Um, it doesn't follow just podcasters, but also listeners of podcasts and the sort of their story and how podcasts uh, in some cases literally save their lives, uh, which is not an uncommon thing. Like, and I, I don't know if I can fall into that category. I, I probably would more throw books into that category than podcasts in terms of things that in times of uh, suicidal ideation turned to something. Uh, some people do podcasts, some people have done books, and, uh, you know, I like it. What else do I like? The man who killed Hitler and then Bigfoot. Then the Bigfoot, sorry. Uh, yeah, love the title right off the bat. Uh, this was a, one interesting thing in that my father-in-law, uh, I don't know if he watched it or just heard the title and, and sort of lets me know uh, that this movie existed, so I uh, wouldn't have known if it were not for him, which uh, is interesting because this is not the type of movie I would say that would uh, necessarily be up his alley. Although it does star none other than Sam Elliott and his mustache. Yep. Uh, it's weird. It's got a little Grindhouse vibe to it, a little uh, Tarantino-esque uh, basically the title does tell you <laughs> what it's about, which, uh, you know, can be good or bad, but, uh, I, I like it. I like this type of movie. Uh, I like weirdness. Uh, it's literally the story. Sam Elliott's like an, an older gentleman, IRL, and in the movie. And we sort of flash back and forth between, uh, uh when he killed Hitler. Hmm. And uh, also as, uh, his older self and the reason why he has to kill the Bigfoot. <laughs> Uh, I fucking love it. Uh, yeah, 5 out of 5. Uh, very, very much enjoyed this. And in movies of this ilk, I always tend to like. Uh, moving on to Bullet County. B-U-L-L-I-T-T. -T. That's double L, double T. An action thriller set in 1977 about four friends who reunite for a bachelor party to hunt for buried prohibition money in Kentucky's bluegrass bourbon trail only to become ripped apart by greed, corruption, and moida. <sighs> Uh, it was okay. Uh, I'd probably go solid three, maybe with some cool four moments. There was one thing, uh, a Shyamalan-y twist to it that I sort of saw coming, which uh, is why I wouldn't give it a higher mark. Uh, whenever there's a twist in a movie where 
I catch it. <laughs> if you trick me, I, I give you higher marks. Uh, th- this is not unusual. If you've listened to this podcast at all, you will know. If I watch a movie and I don't know what's going to happen, uh, it gets extra marks because, sadly, that often seems to be the rarity. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a good film. Uh, last but not least, I rewatched for the, I'm not sure how many times, but uh, I, I just had an inkling uh, an itch I had to scratch with a Clint Eastwood Western movie, as I do from time to time. So uh, I chose High Plains Drifter, uh, which is an interesting one. And you know why? I, I think it's because I uh, somewhat recently watched Three Amigos. <laughs> and Three Amigos and High Plains Drifter share a lot in common, uh, which is a funny thing to think about. Uh, basically, man rides into town has to save town from uh, banditos and you know that's the story of both of those movies right right oh rating on that one uh i'll go three or four yeah still uh yeah Today's Television Talk sponsor is a Columbo remake with Natasha Leon. Oh, thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, we are talking Russian Doll series, uh, I do suppose, or is there going to be more? Question mark? Question mark? Uh, I often say this comes up more in Star Trek than anything else I would say, um, that my favorite... Often, my favorite Star Trek episodes are ones in which there's time travel or anything to do with time, time-related stuff. Uh, this, that's with sci-fi, with fantasy, with anything that, that's got time travel. I, I love the sort of what you have to... It's almost like you have to make a conscious effort to do something to your brain in order to understand the implications of time travel. And it, it sort of gets you in a fun space, I feel like. Uh, and this does that. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, uh, let me read the IMDA, uh, and that'll probably give us some good clues what this is all about. A cynical young woman in New York City keeps dying and returning to the party that's being thrown in her honor on that same evening. She tries to find a way out of this strange Groundhog Day style loop. Okay, I'm going to admit, I threw in the word Groundhog Day style, because obviously, uh, and that's kind of not fair... Mm. I wonder, was there a movie before Groundhog Day where it did this? Because there's been things, uh, I remember there was an episode of Stargate SG-1 where they kept uh, reliving the same day. Uh, there was a Happy Death Day, of course, and, and I'm sure there are others. Um, but, but is it fair to say all of these things are Groundhog Day style, or was there something before it and that just made it popular? Question mark. Uh, similar to the top of the show, a professional would have potentially researched this. But the beauty, the beauty of the simplicity of five five-minute segments is uh, I don't need to because I don't have enough time to talk about this stuff anyways. So, the research would just get in the way. Uh, okay, easy, easy, easy for me to give this a five out of five. Uh, loved it so much. Uh, interesting, one sort of thing that is sort of uh, I didn't see coming well there was a lot I didn't see coming and got to the end and some of it I still I'm not sure if I get like uh, this is something that definitely deserves a rewatch at some point uh, maybe if season two takes a little while 
uh, to come out. Is there a season two? For some reason, I think it is. Looking at the IMDA, it says 2009 dash, and there's nothing after the dash, so that's a good indication. Um, maybe I would re-watch the first season uh, and then watch the second season. I don't know. I, I, I think you wouldn't be amiss in doing so. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, the thing that they sort of threw at you uh, a few episodes in, and it's only eight episodes... Uh, is that uh, this girl, Natasha, played by Natasha Lyonne, uh, she's not the only one experiencing this time loop. Uh, and we learned she's sort of, uh, this is a bit of a spoiler, but, uh, but not, it's hard to know what would spoil what in this, but uh, this is a bit of a spoiler. Uh, there's someone else going through the same time loops as her, uh, and when one of them dies, uh, they both die. Uh, the way in which they die... Uh, it, it, I don't know if it's always different, but it, it's often different, and it's got a sort of uh, Final Destination feel, as if some sort of uh, outside force is actively trying to kill them. Like, uh, the way they meet, for example, is inside an elevator that uh, just crashes, uh, falls, plummets. Yeah, let's use the word plummet, because that's a word you don't get to use very often. Uh, which I think is impossible. Don't they say that uh, elevators, they can't really do that because there's safety things that prevent it? Which uh, sounds plausible. If you're going to put a box in a shaft uh, that has people in it, you're probably going to have lots of things to prevent it from plummeting. Oh, there it is again. Uh, down said shaft. Uh, I, I got to the end of this and I'm still not 100% sure what and why these time things are happening which I, I don't mind that necessarily like is it a sciency is it religion is it something mystical uh if, yeah it, it's strange uh one thing that i noticed uh is that we'll talk about maybe another time because i'm sticking to the timer um because it's time related yes Today's book banter sponsor is The Cousin of the Atomic Bomb. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, I don't know if I gave Russian Doll a rating, but a 5 out of 5, needless to say. I, I just uh, realized I forgot. Today, we're talking Cat's Cradle by Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, okay, so I will read whatever I like, but every once in a while I'll throw in uh, something that is, I guess, could be considered a, a quote-unquote classic. Uh, and uh, and by that means, I mean just sort of book books that are uh, in the zeitgeist, I guess is a way you could put it. Books that most people have heard of, uh, books that might come up in conversation, and then I could say, oh yeah, I read that. <laughs> uh, that's not why I do it. It's just I feel like books like that uh, are around still for reasons. They are uh, uh, still known by lots of people, which means they must be good enough to have that going. Like this was written in 1963, and the fact that there are people out there who still read this According to Goodreads, there's uh, uh, 306,000 people have rated it. So, you know, that's a lot of people. So every once in a while, I'll, I'll try to throw one of these books in. And quite often, I'm pleasant, well, not surprised, but, but quite often, I, I have a good time with them. Uh, this one, less. 
so I will admit. Uh, let me go ahead and get my rating out of the way. Just a, a ridiculous rating for an incredibly popular book that has stood the test of time. I'm going to go like a two. Yeah, I, I, and I almost don't know why. Uh, let me read the uh, uh, Goodreads and maybe it'll give us some hints. Uh, Dr. Felix Honecker, 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 one of the founding fathers of the atomic bomb, has left a deadly legacy to the world, for he's the inventor of Ice-9, a lethal chemical capable of freezing the entire planet. Well... Uh, just to throw a little note in there, uh, it freezes all the water on the planet, which I suppose in turn freezes the planet. You know, quibble. Uh, the search for its whereabouts leads to Honecker's three eccentric children, to a crazed dictator in the Caribbean, to madness. Felix Honecker's death wish comes true when his last fatal gift to humankind brings about the end for all of us is nigh. Uh, okay, so... That sounds awesome, <laughs> which is one of the reasons that I decided uh, of the Kurt Vonnegut books out there. Uh, and then this this part, too. Told with deadpan humor and bitter irony. Um, you know, also sounds good. I like humor. I like irony. Uh, now, one of my issues is the way in which it was told is a, a series of short... Uh, I think staccato would be a word I would use. Uh, 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 chapters. Um, which sounds like good if you're going to pick up and read, uh, but, but I, I didn't really understand, like you would have one chapter end and then the next begin in like the same sentence, it would almost feel like, and I didn't understand why that was happening and it was sort of jarring maybe. I, I, I don't know. That was strange. Uh, the other thing is that awesome description of, uh, of the end of the world. I, I love post-apocalyptic stuff. Uh, what's come up on this podcast probably more than even my love of time stuff is my love of anything post-apocalyptic. But, bit of a spoiler, the, the post-apocalyptic stuff in this book doesn't happen till the last, like, friggin' ten pages or so of this 306-page book. Uh, I'm exaggerating slightly, but not by much. Uh, so I, I kept expecting it to happen. And the thing about a post-apocalyptic book this is, this is not a post-apocalyptic book. This is a pre-apocalyptic book with a, a barely uh, apocalypse happening and then maybe a sentence post-apocalyptic. So, hey, come on, what are you doing to me? Description of book in Goodreads? <sighs> so maybe uh, it was some of the dis disappointment of that that's bringing um, my, my, my mark down. My other sort of theory is the fact that uh, I had an easy time, <laughs> like if you listen to my uh, reviews of the uh, R.A. Salvatore series I just read, how I spoke, uh, I, I couldn't put it down and I was like losing sleep. Uh, the silver lining of this book is I had an easy time putting it down and sleeping every night. So, you know, thank you, Kurt Vonnegut, for Cat's Cradle. Today's game, Gabbit, is rather a double television talk sponsor. Red Angel Tachyon Energy Drink. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, yeah, uh, with all the... If you listen to my uh, talk of organizing the Mandan, you'll know uh, I haven't really had too much video game time lately. Uh, next episode, we'll have a bunch. Uh, we'll have a bunch of VR stuff, actually, is the plan so far. Uh, so keep that in mind. But... 
because organization is peanut butter and jam like with uh, having something on a screen while you are doing so uh, i've been watching a fair amount of tv so that's why we got a double television talk uh, in fact i've got two items in this one first is jack whitehall colon travels with my father uh yeah it's had seen this pop up a bunch of times uh looked up my alley i like travel docs i like uh, comedy things i like british things however what i don't like is things that are scripted have written lines for them uh, and yet pretend to be sort of spur of the moment and not scripted uh, reality tv with written lines to me uh, it, it's like I, I don't know i i just don't like it i watched one episode and uh there was a few of these moments where i just huh, that was the d degree of laughter and more grimaces uh at the obviously written lines that were acted as if they had just sort of spontaneously happened between uh father and son uh i i wish they hadn't have done that you know what Let's get a little uh, audience participation, which is impossible on a show with uh, so few listeners, but I still do from time to time. <laughs> uh, if anyone listening to this has watched that show further than one episode and that changes where it's sort of very obviously uh, scripted things happening in a reality TV show vibe, if that disappears and it's just a little more loose off the cuff, whatever happens, happens. Uh, if it develops into that, I would continue watching because uh, the, the father and son seem to be, you know, they're interesting, I suppose. Jack Whitehall, man, he's he's big over in England. That is for sure. Okay, uh, so f for that, uh, I'm not even going to rate it because I try not to be mean with ratings. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to a couple of Star Trek discoveries, which I am not mean with ratings because they're all so goddamn good. Uh, okay, so uh, first we're going to talk Project Daedalus. Oh, uh, yeah, so uh, the discovery goes to uh, 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 Section 31 headquarters that's been, like, taken over. And if you're going to be, like, the, the evil side of the Federation, your base is going to be well fortified, as you can imagine, with mines and shit. And uh, everyone's dead and, uh, yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. Um, the thing that was hinted at, oh, directed by Jonathan Frakes, that's cool. Um, everything that was hinted at in the last one, as far as the, the cybernetic girl, I, I guess she was like, she had a human brain, but I guess her, maybe her body was destroyed. Did, did we find out how that happened? I don't know. So her brain was like put in a human body, uh, or in a robot body kind of is how it felt. Um, she was taken over by some evil sentient... Uh, AI from the future. What? That sentence right there is just cool. <laughs> um, so uh, she was one of the not main characters necessary, but uh, one of the the, the cast of uh, uh, secondary characters that had been there since the beginning. And we'll throw out a bit of a spoiler if you have not seen it. Uh, hit something that will prevent spoilers. Uh, she does um, die on this. Yeah, that, that was fucked. I, I didn't see that coming. And it was sad, too, because uh, you never really... Like, they, they sort of developed her character in this episode and had built it up a little bit. Which is, uh, I guess, why... Uh, okay, let's say this. If you're a smart television watcher and a character you haven't had much interaction with on a TV show uh, all of a sudden has their backstory just 
incredibly flushed out all of a sudden, the chances of their death <laughs> are, are high, let's say. Um, okay, and I also watched uh, The Red Angel, which was also amazing, but don't have time to get into, as you hear by the timer, 5 out of 5 for goddamn everything Star Trek Discovery. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Whale's Vagina. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I've uh, got a, lots of good stuff again. The Internet is just booming with delightfulness. Uh, first of all, we've got uh, D&D is for Nerds into the Jungle Island of Dendar. Ah, D&D for Nerds is a podcast I've listened to every episode. Wow. Uh, and they sort of break it into different, would you say campaigns? Yeah, may maybe. Uh, so it's a D&D actual play podcast where people will, as you guessed it, actually play D&D. &D. Uh, and this particular campaign, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and call it a campaign. Um, they went to uh, uh, an island. Mm -hmm. The island is called Dendar. Oh my god. It's got jungles as well, as you can imagine. Had a bit of a, a Chultian feel to it. And uh, the story told involved uh, having to save a small sort of ragtag town of uh, uh, people who've been stranded on this island from, uh, what are, were they, Yunti, Yangti, uh, snaky people? <laughs> uh, or were they Shanghai, uh, fish people? I don't know, some sort of uh, non-humanoid people will come to this town and periodically take people uh, for their evil ritual sacrifices and such. So uh, uh, the, 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 the players had to prevent this from happening, uh, which they didn't pre prevent the kidnapping, to be fair, but uh, that was somewhat inevitable by the sheer numbers that assailed them. Oh yeah, that was a, that was a pretty scary battle, too. Uh, one of the characters th almost died. Uh, almost deaths several times over the course of this thing. Uh, and this sort of very well emphasizes why I like some actual play podcasts and don't like others. Um, it, for me, it has to have three things, and this is what I've learned after much figuring things out. It's got to have uh, not 100% role play. So, like, I like hearing the roles, I like hearing the spells, I like hearing the numbers behind the spells. Like, I, I, I like that of D&D. &D. Um, it's got to have laughs, which, uh, these guys and girl, uh, have very much. And it's got to have uh, a third thing that I can't remember, but, uh, <laughs> what the fuck? A third thing that I can't remember. Uh, fucking, that's a, uh, uh, I think maybe going to be, uh, Andy Kindler style third thing. Yeah. That'll make sense to some people. Okay, uh, so uh, needless to say, this is this uh, stands up to uh, all previous campaigns, and I uh, very much liked it and the players and everything. Okay, moving on to Matt Colville, colon, running the game. Yeah, he's got a series of about 80 videos on how to run D&D. &D. Uh, I had watched a lot of them. Uh, I, I had sort of picked and chosen, but uh, as I mentioned, the organization of my Mandan... Uh, really uh, went peanut butter and jam like with these videos. So I would sort of have them on in the background as I was uh, doing organization 
and uh, I love them so much. Uh, if you are a DM or want to DM, start watching these and it will sort of infuse you with not only the desire to DM, but also the capacity to DM. Um, I think one of my favorite takeaways of this is so often, and this made me feel so good, uh, which I, I don't have, I'm, I'm not a prideful person, uh, by any means, I'm, uh, I've never been cocky a day in my life, other than perhaps fake cockiness, because I'm awesome. Huh? Eh? Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but what watching these made me feel so good about in terms of my being a DM is so, so many times over the course of these 80 videos, he would say things uh, on how... Uh, a good, and these are always opinions, he states very, very often, and I will reiterate here, these are always just opinions, you, you can run a game however you want, but he so often would say things that make a good DM, and then the things that he, or the things that he said would be things that I'm currently doing, uh, and it would just make me feel so good that this person who's been doing this for so long and has uh, uh, 80 videos with uh, hundreds of thousands of, of views uh, is saying, you should do this if you're a good DM, and then I realized, man, I have been doing that, and uh, it just made me feel really good. So thank you, Matt Coville. Uh, next we have, uh, the Ron Burgundy podcast. Oh uh, yeah, that's interesting. So, <laughs> Will Ferrell, let's go behind the scenes of that podcast. Will Ferrell played the character Ron Burgundy, uh, and that character now has a podcast, <laughs> if you can believe it. They are funny, I will admit. The, uh, this uh, seems to be more and more of a trend where people who are actors or television personalities or whatever are sort of hopping into the podcast world, which is sort of a double-edged sword, uh, I think, in that uh, some of them are good. This one definitely has some laughs in it. Uh, Will Ferrell's uh, funny improviser, and I think uh, there's a lot of meat in this character that he's sort of fleshing out, so it's, it's a fun lesson. There's, there's no denying that. Uh, but the, the double-edged short is there's uh, people who've been podcasting for years and years and years uh, who have fewer listeners, uh, and then some famous dude just comes along and starts a podcast, and suddenly their podcast has ten times the listeners than theirs did, and, and that's got to not feel good. I, I, I don't mean myself, like, uh, I, as I often say, although, you know what, I haven't said this in a while, so let's throw it out now. I do this podcast for the reason that I like doing it. Uh, my, my sort of podcast philosophy has always been do one for the reason that you like it, uh, and that should be minimum, minimum, 50% of the reason you do a podcast is because you want to do it, because you enjoy doing it. Uh, if, if it's more, if you are doing it because you want to make money, <laughs> you're fucked. If you're doing it because you want it to turn into a thing, equally fucked. <laughs> so, you know, don't do those things. You know, I, I have that desire, but that's not why I do it. You know what I mean? Uh, anyways, last but not least, uh, oh yeah, Ask Me Another. Uh, this is an NPR podcast. Uh, it's a game show uh, in which uh, they'll play uh, uh, in front of a live audience a series of uh, trivia-based, quite often, games. Uh, word play based uh, you quite often have a comedian on uh, they're short, they're funny and uh, I recommend them if you like games if you like short funny games, if you like short funny podcasts hey why not check out Ask Me Another interesting, newly added to my podcast listening 
repertoire, which seems to be always growing. Uh, I'm listening at two times speed, and I, I got to be getting near the point where I can't add any more <laughs> that I'm listening to on a weekly basis. I have to be nearing maximum. Uh, uh, you know what I want to get to where uh, I don't have to listen to every single episode of every podcast I'm subscribed to. Uh, which I don't necessarily, like sometimes I'll, I'll look at a description and, and I'll say, meh, maybe I'll skip that one. Um, and then have like one podcast on the go for when I run out of other ones. So that's, that's usually my sort of defaults, which is internet intercourse related, why I mention it here. Folks, we did it. We made it to the end. Which of course leaves the final thing to say, which is always the final thing to say, which is, it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper